What's up, everybody? This is Sam Minton for Beantown Sports. On today's show, we're going to talk about the Bruins' recent signings and trades, Patriots' offseason, the Bruins and Celtics' past weeks, and Red Sox spring training. This is Beantown Sports. What's up, everybody? This is Sam Izzin here for another edition of Beantown Sports. Let's get right into the action. So the Bruins, they made some recent trades. The Bruins acquired Brett Connolly from the Tampa Bay Lightning for 2015 and 2016 second-round pick. You know, Connolly looks like he's going to be a good offensive addition to the team, but during one of his first practices with the team, he is injured, and he's out four to six weeks with a hand injury. He got hit with a shot. And he got hit him in the hand, and he's out four to six weeks. So this really isn't making that trade look like a hell of a trade. But in 50 games, Brett Connolly had 12 goals and three assists. So if we have a chance to see what he can do in the future, hopefully we'll be able to see some good things because I think he could definitely be a good four third line player. And also the Bruins acquired Max Talbot from the Colorado Avalanche for Jordan Caron in a 2016 six-round pick. You know, Max Talbot's a great fourth-line guy. He's a great locker room guy. He really sparked the team up. In his first four games, he had two assists, and he's looking like a great player. He helped Marshan get a game-winner, but he looks like he's going to be a guy, you know. The Bruins lost that toughness and locker room guy with Sean Ford, and so I think Max Talbot will definitely be able to help him out in that department and hopefully help him into the playoffs with some veteran presence. And in one of the lesser trades, the Bruins acquired... Zach Phillips from the Minnesota Wild for Jared Knight. You know, Phillips is an AHL player. It's not enough to make up for what the Bruins have to deal with. They definitely need another defensive guy. They have to get somebody in the offseason because you might have Chara and Seidenberg either retire or just get released because of their play recently. But the Bruins definitely need to get another demon to help out Tory Krug, Dougie Hamilton, McQuaid, Miller, and all the other guys. But also, the Bruins re-signed Tory Krug to a one-year extension worth $3.4 million and Riley Smith to a two-year extension worth $3.425 million. And I think that's definitely a great re-signing. You've got to sign Tory Krug. He's one, of, he's one of the heart of the defense. He's a great player on offensive and defensively. He's got a killer slap shot, and I think he's definitely going to be a guy who stays here for a long time, and he's even said himself that he would love to stay here for his whole career. But Tory Krug is definitely going to be one of the best defensemen in the NHL. And Riley Smith, you know, I don't know if you signed Riley Smith to a two-year contract. Maybe you signed him to a one-year deal, but he hasn't been playing that great this year. He's proven himself before to be a good player, but this year he hasn't been doing good. You know, people are even saying in a trade deadline that they might trade him, but I feel like, you know, he is he can be a good player. This might just be an off-season, but if he can continue to grow as a player, he can definitely be a player that can help the Bruins in the long run. Next, we're going to talk about the Patriots and their offseason. So the Patriots, they've had a tough offseason so far. They've lost lots of guys, but they also they signed a few guys. So we'll start off with the Pats. They put the franchise tag on Steven Gostowski, which I, a lot of fans are saying maybe tag Devin McCourty, but we'll get to that later. The Patriots, they don't re-sign Vince Wilfork. You know, it's just to the point where they couldn't afford him. 
he he was a great player and he's going to continue to be a good player in the NFL. But it's it's time for him and the Pats to move on. You know, he's getting older, but he can definitely find a home somewhere and be a good player. But not too many Pats fans were upset with this. We were upset with another thing, which is Darrell Revis going back to the New York Jets. It was everyone after the defense we had last year was very happy with Revis and wanted to keep him. But we lose Revis to the Jets and we lose Brandon Browner to the Saints. And so that's not looking good for the Pats defense. It looks like you might have to move Devin McCourty, who they re-signed to corner. But back to McCourty. McCourty's a great re-signing, and he's definitely going to help out in the secondary. They're going to need a lot of help. But, you know, people are saying, is he going to go to corner? Is he going to go back to safety? It's just going to be whatever Bill wants, but they definitely are going to have to fill some holes in the secondary because right now you're with Kyle Ayrton. Malcolm Butler and Alfonso Denard, those are probably your top three uh, corners right now. But also the Pats re-signed Alan Branch and Reggie Bush, who visited the Pats, but he ended up signing with the 49ers. You know, that would have been good because the Pats, they lost Shane Vereen, who went to the Giants. Shane Vereen was a good running back, but I again think with Garrett Blunt, it won't be much of a loss. I think Blunt will definitely be a good running back and um, Brandon Bolden will be a good two-back, but it also would have been nice to have Reggie Bush but one of the other signings the Pats made, they signed former Cleveland Brown, Jabal Sheard. And, you know, looks like he can help in the defense, defensive front line, and hopefully help replace the hole that losing Wilfork has left on the Patriots. But the AFC East is getting really strong. You know, the Dolphins signed Dominican Sue, one of the best defensive tackles in the league. The Bills, they signed LaShawn McCoy, again, an amazing running back, one of the best in the league. And that's making that Bills seem like really strong. And the Jets, you know, they got Brandon Marshall in the trade. They got Revis, and they also got Ryan Fitzpatrick. So it looks like the Jets might actually have a decent quarterback. So Jets and everybody are definitely going to put a tough run up in the AFC East. But in my opinion, I think the Pats, you know, I think they'll still do pretty good in the AFC East. I definitely, I'm, it's only March, but I still think that they will win the AFC East. I think they will definitely be a playoff contender. You know, when you have Tom Brady and you have... Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski, you have an offense that you can definitely rely on. In the defense, you know, we still have Gerard Mayo. We have the guy who won us the Super Bowl. I think he's definitely going to hopefully progress after that. And then also, you still have some quality wide receivers, quality linebackers, quality D-linemen. D so I definitely think that the Pats can still hold their own in the AFC East. And I think they're going to make the playoffs, and I think they'll put, put up a hell of a run in the playoffs. Next on Beantown Sports, we're going to talk about the Bruins past week. So the Bruins, they've been playing pretty good as of late. So in the first game, we're going to get to the Bruins lost to the Calgary Flames 4-3 in a shootout. Yearly Hudler had a goal and assist, his 21st goal of the season. And also Brad Marchand, one of my favorite players, had a goal his 19th of the season. And Tuka Rash had 29 saves and 32 shots. You know, Tuka's been playing, he's been playing pretty well and in the last um, last week, you know, he's been holding strong near the end of the season onto the playoff push. But I think he'll def obviously help the Bruins in the later run of the season. But Calgary, interesting stat here, blocked 37 shots. You know, it's going to be tough to score if you have defensemen and everybody get in front of all the shots. But Boston outshot the Flames, which usually results in a win for the Bruins. But, you know, stats don't win everything. And another interesting stat. Boston scored first for the sixth straight game. You know, it's always good to, you know, 
and he just get it on out today. So you know, get that first goal, get get the home crowd pumped up, or take the away crowd out of the game. So that's a good good thing for the Bruins. But in the shootout, me on Lucci just had a weak shootout attempt. You know, just straight into the goalie's chest. You know, something that I could have done. But you know, you just can't have that in the shootout. You know, lots of people recently. It's been a really hot topic with should there be a shootout and if there's a shootout what there should be you know I think a shootout's a good thing but also I think you know maybe continued four and four or a three on three you know I think that'd be really good and also David Slumko scored the game win shootout goal you know it, it wasn't Tukaraska's fault it was just a great shootout goal D Tukaraska he, he brought it from his backhand back to his forehand and across the crease and just tapped it in Tukaraska couldn't do anything about it and in the next game, the Bruins beat the Flies 3-2 to in overtime. Brad Marchand had two goals, his 21st of the season, and he scored the game-winning goal. You know, as of late, Brad Marchand's been playing really amazing. Again, one of my favorite players. You know, before the season, people were saying, man, we might trade Brad Marchand, you know. But I've been a firm believer that this guy's an amazing player. And he's going to be a guy that's going to help these help these Bruins for many years. You know, I'd love to keep him as a Bruin for his whole career. But he's definitely an amazing player. You know, great offensive guy. As a, he can deke, you know, he's, he can deke any defenseman he wants. He's a speedy guy. And he's the guy that is going to be a great player in NHL. And also, they've just been playing really great, the Bruins. They've been playing really great. And Tuka Rask had 29 saves on 31 shots. You know, Tuka, again, he's been playing pretty great as of late. And in the next game, the Bruins played the Red Wings, and they won 5-3. to Daniel Pai had two goals, his fifth of the season. You know, Pai's been on a run ever since he scored his first goal at TD Garden. He's been on a tear scoring. You know, it's always good when you have a fourth liner who can score. Daniel Pai, quick guy, knows how to get around the ice. And it's always good when you have a good fourth liner scoring. And again, Brad Marchand, 22nd goal. And David Pasnak, 8th goal of the season, you know, once again, ever since this kid came from Providence, he's been like a spark plug. He's really one of the the youngest player in the NHL. He's just lighting up the scoreboard as of recently, and I think he's definitely going to be, have a great career. And Nicholas Shedberg had 36 days and 39 shots. Finally, the Bruins get some good backup goaltending. It seemed like there was a point where there was no one who could goaltend besides Rask, and Rask was getting tired. He was playing lots of games. But for the Bruins to make a run in the playoffs, they're definitely going to need Nicholas Fedberg to at least be able to play all right in net because they need to give two Rask breaks, obviously. But if they have Nicholas Fedberg playing good goaltending, that will definitely help them in the long run. And in the next game for the Bruins, they played the Senators, and they won 3-1. Ryan Spooner had two goals as fair to the season. He's really been helping out since uh, David Krejci was injured. And he came up, and it's been Spooner, Lucic, and Pasternak. And with Spooner and Pasternak being that quick young guys, and Lucic, you know, bringing the power, they've been a great line. They've really helped each helped each other out, and they've been a great second line behind Bergeron, Marchand, and Smith. And Tuka Rask had 39 saves and 40 shots. Shots, he's the star of the game. He really helped the Bruins stay in the game, and he's just been playing great. And Louis Erickson has a 17th goal of the season. He's doing really good in that third line. And in the next game for the Bruins, they played the Lightning, and they won 3-2 in a shootout. Brad Marchand got the game-winning shootout goal. Tuka Rask had 37 saves and 39 shots. And Bergeron had a goal, his 19th of the season. Bergeron, again, with Marchand, has been playing really great. And that's that line of Marchand, Bergeron, Smith has been killer. And I think they're going to really help the Bruins out in the playoffs. They just got to stay consistent, and they'll def- they're one of the best lines in the league when they're at their potential.
And then Steven Stamkos had a goal. It's 37 for the season, you know. He's, Steven Stamkos, great play. He's got a great slap shot, you know. Tampa Bay loves to use him on the power play for um, one-timers. But ever since that injury he had in Boston where he tore up his leg in the post, you know, he's recovered and he's been playing great so far. And the last game we're going to get to, the Bruins beat the Penguins 2-0 to Drask with a shutout. If he keeps playing like this, it's going to be really help the Bruins when they come to the playoffs. And Mio Nutrik had a goal his 15th of the season. And the Bruins, no one thought they'd be able to do this. They got ahead of the Washington Capitals. And they're in 7th place, and they're only 5 points behind Detroit for 6. If they could get 6, that would be great for Boston. You know, we're at a point where it looks like it's going to be the Lightning, the Canadians, or New York for um, who the Bruins will play in the first round. You know, you're going to try and avoid Montreal, but I think that the Bruins, whoever they face, they're going to they're gonna give their hearts out, obviously. But I think that even if they face Montreal, they, they definitely still have a chance to move on to the next round of the playoffs. Next, we're going to get to the Celtics pass games. So now we're going to get to the Celtics, who've been playing pretty good as of late, you know. With everything dealing with last year and how the team wasn't that great, to have this team right now is just amazing, you know. They're making that playoff push, and it would just be amazing if the Celtics could make it to the playoffs. But we're going to get to the their first game here. We're going to get to the they versus the Warriors, and the Warriors beat the Celtics 106-101. to 101. Celtics, they give up a 20-point lead, you know. If you're going to make the playoffs, you can't give up those leads. You know, you have to really maintain that 20, uh, lead of, you know, 15 or more, 20 or more. You got to keep that. You got to win that game. But Steph Curry had 37 points, 5 assists, and 4 rebounds. Steph Curry, just an amazing player. He showed off his shooting skills. You know, he saw him win the three-point contest. But, again, an amazing shooter. You know, amazing, amazing passer. But he's just an amazing point guard, you know. I don't know if you saw him versus the Clippers. Dribbles around three p- players, throws up. What seemed like a shot that no one could make, but Steph Curry makes it and hits the three. You know, Steve Curry's like, well, what are you doing, Steph? But he ends up making a shot, and he's like, good good shot, Steph. You know, good job. But also, the other splash, bro, Clay Thompson had 20 points, five rebounds, and two assists. You know, he may be a bit overlooked, but he's also a really good player. You know, he proved that he could score when he had, I believe, like 30-something points in a quarter. And also, Isaiah Thomas, 20 points, 3 rebounds, and 5 assists. You know, he's just a great player, and, you know, ever since that trade, you know, the scene's been sparked. And Isaiah Thomas is a great player, and, and I just I mean, love the trade that we made to get him. In the next game, the Celtics versus the Cavs, and they lost 110-79. to LeBron, 27 points, 3 rebounds, and 5 assists, you know. LeBron just trying to lead that Cleveland team to a championship. That's all he wants to do, you know. He went to Miami, but he's back home now. And he just wants to lead that team to a championship. It seems like at the beginning, he was having trouble, you know. Like in Miami, it took time from the mesh. But now that they got that chemistry, this team looks like a, looks like a team that could put in a deep playoff run and possibly win a championship. But it was just a blowout for the Celtics. It was not a good game for them. In the next game, the Celtics beat the Jazz 85-84. Jay Crowder had 18 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists. He's so maybe an overlooked player because... Jay Crowder is really a great player who can come off the bench and also start. Isaiah Thomas, 21 points, 3 rebounds, and 7 assists. And Tyler Zeller got 8 points, 11 rebounds, and assists, and he got the buzzer beater layup to win the game. And Tyler Zeller is a great guy who can come off the bench and, again, can start as well. You know, I love this kid ever since I saw him in college, but he's definitely a good big guy that will help this Celtics team in the long run. And in the next game, the Celtics versus the Pelicans, they won 104-98. to 
Isaiah Thomas, hell of a game. 27 points, 1 rebound, and 3 assists. It was just, again, such a great trade that the, that the Celtics made. And I feel like we found the replacement for Rondo. He's, he's flourishing in the system with Brad Stevens. You know, him, um, Marcus Smart, Avery Bradley. They seem like they're all doing really good, working well together. And I think he can definitely help lead this team to playoff and championship runs in the future. And Anthony Davis has 29 points, 14 rebounds, and 2 assists. You know, Anthony Davis is definitely going to be a great player. That possibly an MVP candidate when in maybe a couple of years because you know he can shoot from the perimeter. He's a great post player. He can rebound. He can block shots. There's really nothing the kid can guy can't do. And then Eric Gordon had 20 points, two rebounds, and two assists. He's also a solid two guard. And then in the next game for the Celtics, they lose 103 to 98 to the Magic. Marcus Smart gets ejected after elbowing Alfred Payton. You know Payton said it wasn't that big of a deal, but you know you just can't be throwing bows with everybody. But then again, it wasn't something that affected players, but you can't control what the refs do. Victor Oladipo at 22 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 assists. This guy's a great player. He's looked like a possible rookie rookie of the year candidate. And I think he's going to definitely have a great career. If he can get out over Orlando, I think he might be able to help a team win a championship. But you saw his athleticism in the dunk competition. And, you know, this guy's a great scorer, and I think he'll definitely be a great have a great career. And Tobias Harris had 21 points, 4 rebounds, and assists. And also, the guy who got elbowed, Alfred Payton, got 19 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. A great double-double for him. Once again, Isaiah Thomas, great game, 21 points, 5 rebounds, and 9 assists. And again, another guy who may be a bit overlooked, but now since Jeff Green's left, Brandon Bass has been able to show what he's made of. Brandon Bass, 19 points, 17 rebounds, 5 assists. A rebounding machine, Brandon Bass. Definitely going to be a great guy who can help out in the post. And then the Celtics versus their rivals, rivals the Heat, but not that big of a rivalry since the big three and also the big three of Miami Heat left. The Celtics beat the Heat 190. Hassan Whiteside is ejected for shoving Kelly Olenek, who recently returned from injury. You know, Hassan Whiteside started off with that great story where he had a great game, just want, just like you said, wanted to get a better 2K rating. But, you know, it just seems like he's a dirty player now. He's been getting ejected out of, the, uh, I believe this is probably his second or third ejection. And it's just a dirty player now. Isaiah Thomas, 25 points, 4 assists, 1 rebound. Just seems like every game, 20 points, you know, f- at least 5 rebounds, you know, at least uh, at least 5 assists, you know, at least a couple of rebounds, you know, great play. And D-Wade, 34 points, 2 assists, and 4 rebounds. He's showing he didn't need LeBron, he didn't, Bosch is out, he doesn't need Chris Bosch. You know, he's playing great, and he's showing that he's not done yet, his career isn't over. And, you know, if they can get, when they get Bosch back, when they get Bosch back next year, I think they can hopefully have a pretty good season. Might be able to make the playoffs and go for a run. And the next game for the Celtics versus the Grizzlies, and they won 95-92. to Mike Conley had 20 points and 3 assists, and Avery Bradley had 17 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists. You know, with the addition of Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley's been having a guy he can bounce off of. You know, when everybody's on Isaiah Thomas, he can kick it out to Avery Bradley. When Avery Bradley's hot, he can get some assists to Isaiah Thomas. And Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley are definitely a great one-two duo. In the last game we're going to get to, the Celtics beat the Pacers 93-89. to Tyler Zeller had 18 points and 7 rebounds. Jay Crowder had 16 points and 7 rebounds. You know, this guy's a great player. He plays, he seems like he plays every position, but you know, he loves to play. He played a 2, played a 3, played a 4. And he's just been he's been a great acquisition by the Celtics. 
and he's been playing great this season. But George Hill, 30 points, 5 rebounds, and 7 assists, you know. Since they went up, you know, it seems like since Paul George has been hurt, you know, a lot of the Pacers players had to step up, but it wasn't enough for the Pacers. But the Celtics, they're only one and a half games out of eight plays. If they could somehow make it to the playoffs, it would just be amazing. But next, we're going to get to the Red Sox and their spring training. So the Red Sox, they've been having a pretty good spring training so far. Um, Joe Kelly, he, in his outing versus the Yankees, he pitched great, you know. The Red Sox are definitely going to need that guy who can, you know, with the losing Lester, they're going to need that ace who can help them. And they can rely on to pitch, have great pitching and pitch well. And Shane Victorino's bad in leadoff. He's been a great leadoff hitter. You know, he's getting on base and just giving energy to the team. You know, a leadoff guy, you got to get on base somehow. doesn't matter if it's a single. doesn't matter if it's a home run. doesn't matter if it's a walk. doesn't matter if you get hit. You just have to get on base. So Victorino's been doing a great job of that. And Xander Bogarts has been having a pretty good spring training so far. He's had two home runs and six RBIs so far. And also, Dustin Madroa hit a grand slam showing that he's back from injury and he's he's ready to show the league what he's made of. You know, everyone's been saying they don't know if they'll see Pedroia and how great of a player he can be, but I think he's definitely gonna have a great season and prove why he's one of the probably the best second baseman in the league, you know. If he hit again hit a grand slam, so if he can show that power, he's a great defensive guy and a great team leader, I think he'll definitely shock shock the league. And Clay Buckles and Spring training is at six strikeouts. You're definitely gonna need him to, to play good and not get injured. Cause you're gonna need that ace. You know he might be a one, he might be a one or a two this season. Also, Mike Napoli had two home runs and two at bats versus the Pirates. They're definitely gonna need some power from him, Big Poppy. You know, Henry Ramirez. You know, they can definitely Pablo Sandoval. You know, they're definitely gonna need power from those guys. And Mookie Betts has been playing great D in center field. So this is making the outfield just more complicated, you know. You got Mookie Betts, you got Victor Reno, you got Jackie Bradley Jr., Hanley Ramirez. They're just gonna have to find some room for all these defensive guys because there's lots of there's lots of outfielders who definitely deserve the spot, but it's it's only for those three. But I think the Red Sox, I think they're definitely gonna have a pretty good season, you know. Yankees, they lost a lot of guys, you know, losing Derek Jeter. So I think the Red Sox, this there could be their year where they get back to first place. And possibly make a playoff run, maybe even a championship run. You know, they got Pablo Sandoval, Henry Ramirez. They signed Yoan Mancado. Hopefully, we'll be able to see what he's made of. But I think the Red Sox, you know, if their pitching holds up, if, you know, again, you have to worry about injuries, but that's nothing you can really control. But if they have good pitching and the batting does what they can do, you know, Big Poppy, Sandoval, Henry Ramirez, all those guys, if they're good, you know, defense and Sander Bogarts, outfield. And um, Pedroia, they play good D. You know, the Red Sox can definitely go for a run and possibly win the championship. So that's it for another edition of Beantown Sports. You can follow me on Twitter, my personal Twitter, at bad underscore underscore Minton. And also follow the podcast at Beantown underscore pod. And also the SoundCloud page, you can like, listen to all of our episodes. You can find it at soundcloud.com slash Beantown Sports. And also, finally, we're on iTunes. So you can just search Beantown Sports, and you can just subscribe, you know, comment, just let us know how we're doing here. Alright, that's it for this episode of Beantown Sports. See you guys.